Welcome to the Boys from Oklahoma Red Dirt Podcast, hosted by Jason Barler, J.J. Vance, and Kyle Perry. Welcome to the Boys from Oklahoma Red Dirt Podcast. I'm Jason Barler. I'm JJ Vance. And I'm Kyle Perry. It seems like it's been forever since we recorded a podcast. It has. Well, has it been that long? I almost forgot who you guys were. Well, if you think about it, I mean, it's been... We were snowed in. We were snowed in for a week. I don't think my guys in the on my roofing company, I don't think we worked one day that week. So yeah. maybe maybe half a day. Yeah, and then we recorded like a week. It's been about three weeks. Two, yeah. two, two to three weeks. Yeah, so we got a lot of... I don't have a lot of news. There was a lot of country news that come out. There wasn't a lot happening because half the freaking country was froze under, so as far as that goes. The entire state of Texas is basically still out of power, so there's a thing going on there. Yeah, my son lives in Houston, and uh, he said that they only lost power for about five hours, so he got lucky, and he lives... Well, he lives in Spring, which is just north of Houston, so... And we have a cool show today. We have a great musician, Travis Shallow. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Texas, there is a story where he raised some money for a Texas musician that had some issues on his live stream that he does. Oh, that's cool. Okay. And he raised some money and just sent it to this guy, and he just blew it away. It was it was pretty cool, but you'll hear about that during the interview. Anyways, Travis Shallow, he's... That's cool. A, and we'll listen to some of yeah, his music. He's too. very folk, very red dirtish, you know, country And he's a, from North Carolina, Yes, right? yes. And uh, he he has opened up for Jay, your favorite band, American, American Aquarium. Aquarium. Yeah. He's opened up for Willie Nelson's son's band yeah. and a couple other. And he's recorded at some of the studios yeah. that those bands have done. Oh before. yeah, it's a great interview. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. But that's what we have on this show. But we can get on into the top ten. Okay. Let's see how yeah. it's changed in two, two, two three weeks. Two, three weeks. Yeah. yeah, it's it's all of the top ten list all over the genres have changed dramatically this week it's actually has some that, that i know some that i've never heard and i proved myself right this week so anyways we'll get into the top 10 at number 10 with the song i will is darren morris band i've never heard of darren morris have you kyle i have not heard of him but he's at the top 10 yes awesome the number nine is rhythm of of you by holly tucker number eight Honky Tonk in Heaven by Ken Foe. Never heard. Wow. There's a lot of new I've, names. I've heard of Holly list. Tucker. I've actually had the pleasure of meeting her one time. Yeah. She's very, very talented. She was, uh, I think she was on American Idol at one time. I don't think she made it very far in, but she definitely has one of those voices. Well, this Ken Foe, his last name is spelled F-A-U-X. Okay. That is Foe, That right? is Foe. And then at number seven is Drinking Money by randy rogers band he's still in there a little bit <laughs> and one one i don't even know if we've talked about but i've actually seen him in concert number six is with outside looking in is daryl dodd daryl dodd and then number five calling all hearts terry mcbride number four missing you mississippi dustin Sonier. number three old school by david adam burns and number two Devil's Red Hot Sauce by James Land. At number one, I said it a long time ago, <laughs> was Silverado Saturday Night is 
Mr. Aaron Watson. Hell yeah. So my guy dropped out. Yeah. Uh, actually, <laughs> Where's he at on there? I looked it up whenever. Man, it'll take me a minute, but he's in here. But he dropped down into the 20s, I want to say. You know what, though? To have a song like that right. and a story like that and to stay in the top 10 for how many months? It was there. It was, there. A it was, a it was about a, at least a month. 32. 32. So, hey, you know what? It, got, it had 15 minutes of, of yeah. fame. So, hey. Yeah. And, it, and, again, I want to give it up to uh, R Texas Regional Radio Report. That's where we get all of our stuff from. So, so that's that's where this this chart comes from. You can check it out yourself at home. Just go to TexasRegionalRadioReport.com, and I got all kinds of info on there. So, as far as Texas music, Oklahoma music, Red Dirt music goes, news. Kyle, do you have any news? I've got a little bit. I want to mention this. We've talked about what the artists are kind of going through right now because their shows are still being canceled. Right now, Bree Bagwell, I mentioned her quite a bit on here, but she's kind of important to this business. She has started a Patreon page. Basically, if you want a deeper dive into her creativity for $5 a month, I mean, you can go check her out. She'll do like poetry and different things in there. Obviously, she's going to have songs on there, but she it's a way for her to still work on what she normally works on when she's on the road but she can't be on the road yeah so this is a way for her to make a little money while she's doing yeah that. and if if our listeners aren't familiar with what patreon is patreon is kind of like a vip membership to more behind the scenes you get access to stuff that normal people won't and typically it's about five dollars a month right and that's all across the board there's there's musicians there's youtube people that are doing it mm-hmm. there's even some casino guys that are online that have patreon pages and right. and it's five bucks a month and they can make a lot of money on this because if you got one i mean that's five bucks a month right you're yeah. just not doing anything you're doing what you normally do but you're inviting people in i know they do it on a lot of podcasts too the, yeah uh i meant same thing but what they do is they just offer patreons a little more so they might give them like uh i don't know uh 30 minutes extra of a show or, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And you also get exclusive, like, they'll send out tweets or specific messages to their Patreon members saying, hey, yeah. I'm going to be performing here. Or, you know, here's your fir- you're the first to get a chance to buy tickets to this show, stuff right. like that. So A lot of times they'll do, I'm sure she'll do this. She's pretty cool with all of her stuff. So you get a, you'll probably get, like, a chance to get her merchandise first or, or yeah. something. She's always working on new things, but... A lot of them will do, uh, like, she'll send you autographs and stuff if you pay. I mean, obviously the base is $5 a month. I think at some point she would probably do a little increase for if you want some extra stuff. I mean, that's usually the way that stuff goes. I also have a little funny with uh, Rhonda Ray. She's a Texas girl, and uh, she actually looked into, she she didn't quite know what it was. We just talked about Patreon. And she looked into the OnlyFans account, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she yeah. wasn't realizing that it wasn't exactly the same as Patreon. I mean, it is, but for a different profession. Hey, I can sell my used <laughs> cigarette butts on OnlyFans page. I mean, and she yeah. looked into it, and she said, man, there are girls on here making bank. They're yeah, selling, man. like, bath water. It's yes. weird shit. Yes. It's- and uh, not we're not, I mean... If you can make money doing whatever the hell you're doing, this is the place to go. OnlyFans is your is your thing. 
But that reminds you gotta me. Be we're careful. Not, you got to be careful. We're not sponsored or endorsed by OnlyFans. I'm going to so tell you this story about OnlyFans, and you can cut this if you want. We're not going to cut it, Jay. We're letting this. Well, I was watching. I was watching a documentary on. I think it's one of the one. I watch a lot of documentaries, Netflix or something. But anyways, there was one on there, and this girl, all she did was like twerk videos, <laughs> and she's a. Uh, african-american lady with a big butt you might say well, hey, she's using her assets right her assets exactly exactly but anyways it was going into her and it started when she was like when she first started it got up to where she's making like over ten thousand dollars a month right now. Hey, we're I'll, doing this for free I'll, and she's I'll, shaking her ass for ten thousand dollars i'll, I'll, I'll twerk for ten thousand a month <laughs> right i have a little bit of news here i got Back on the 9th of February, if you don't know, Coulter Wall is pretty big right now. He is actually the artist of the year for SavingCountryMusic.com. He's an independent artist. He's definitely got that country-country sound, if you like that a lot, like Jason Bolin or, or you know somebody like that okay. from Oklahoma. But anyways, he was supposed to do, because he's kind of getting uh, more popular like Tyler Childress did. He was supposed to do Joe Rogan's podcast. And he on um, this was on the ninth, and he passed on it because he he was working on a ranch. He said, "Damn, that's that'd be huge to be on I the know, show. Right. That's like the number one downloaded podcast. I know. I just and, seen that. Like, I thought one of the top downloaded podcasts. He made, but that just goes to tell you that he he probably don't know that. He probably just is like, hey, I hey, work the, on this ranch. That's and the I fear factor country guy, easy, right? That's the fear factor guy. <laughs> yeah. And then this is on the tenth. This come out." on the 10th so and i didn't know about this but i was reading it it's funny so back in 2020 at mile zero fest in key west which is basically a big red dirt Mm -hmm. show down in key west florida they got a bunch of these artists together to do record and what they recorded was them reading their bad reviews (laughs) (laughs) they got jason Eady. anyways jason Eady, if you go to his uh, instagram he shared it on his Instagram, so you can hear all the... Anyways, I'll read some of them. Uh, one of them, like, Edie's was, man, I love the music until Edie starts singing. Then it's just another noisy, twangy country bumpkin that are a dime a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Wade, awesome. Wade Bowens, he did one. He said, yikes, this album is terrible. I was listening to Sam Hunt, who currently has the best-selling album in the country. Clicked on this guy. What a mistake. Oh, wow. <laughs> boring. Thank you, Sam, for saving country music oh, from God. boring, wow. boring no. crap like this guy. <laughs> no. That's the problem right there is he was listening to Sam Hunt. And then they added a bunch more like, this is another good one. So they did Mike from Mike of the Moon Pies, and he released Cheap Silver and Solid Country Gold last year. <laughs> and anyways, his was, wow, I can't believe I'm the only one that, thinks this sounds like the kind of easy listening music my grandparents listen to. <laughs> I'm bored out of my skull listening to this. <laughs> you know, there was a talk show host. It was a Letterman, Conan O'Brien, or Jimmy Fallon, one of those. They have celebrities come on, and they'll read people's tweets about yeah, them. Yeah, I've seen it, that. The celebrities, they take these with stride. <laughs> they have fun with it, and obviously, this is a great idea that we're laughing about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tyler Childress uh, announced that he's got a, a benefit concert. He's going to set to stream for free. 
it's just a, a benefit so he's probably going to do do it to raise money for covid or something the grand Ole opry celebrated 95 years hell yeah that's a long time it is a long damn time Especially they started out as a radio station. Oh, here's some Texas. A radio show. Here's some Texas news for people down at Texas. So, Billy Bob's is, has announced some of their bigger names that are coming this year. But they, there's no dates tied to these yet. Miranda Lambert, Hank Jr., and Dwight Yoakam. Oh, wow. Oh, are all the hit Billy Bob's at some point this coming year. So, that that's... You know, that's pretty cool. There's an article on Saving Country Music. They interview Caitlin Butts. You know, we talk about Caitlin a lot. She's got a new single out, I guess, called How Lucky Am I? And it's a song, basically, that she wrote for her love for Cleto Cordero, which is her now husband, Mm -hmm. which is the lead singer of Flatland Calvary, if you don't know that. And I think they just recently moved, didn't they, to Nashville? I honestly don't know. I could have swore I seen that on yeah, Facebook were, or something. They were here in Oklahoma for a little bit, and then I think she moved here recently. Just now moved. Now I don't know if it's like an apartment thing or if they got a. You that's, know. It sounds right. I mean, that's typically what what you do. Yeah, especially when they're you're looking to write because there's so many producers and stuff over there. Now, it, here's something that that is crazy that I would have never known. Did you know that George Strait isn't a member of the Grand Ole Opry? I did not know that. I figured he would be, but no. Do you I know, know, and I read this article earlier when we were sitting here. Do you know who else isn't a member of the Grand Ole Opry? Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. Huh. Wow. And it, I read this article, and the reason why they're not members is because they don't live in Nashville. <laughs> and in order to be a member of the Grand Ole Opry, you have to make routine appearances on the Grand Ole Opry. Okay. Like every now and then. That makes sense. So, and and... George has lived in Texas his whole life, and Willie... He has a house in Texas. I think he stays in Hawaii. (laughs) He has a house in Texas, but he doesn't live there. Yeah, I think he stays in Hawaii with... uh, Who is it, the actor that he's always with? Oh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. No, no, no. Well, he's one of them. But I seen they had an interview one time on Howard Stern, and they called Willie, Mm -hmm. and it was him and... Who's the white guy that plays in White Man Can't Jump? Oh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. It was him. It was Willie and Woody. And they were in Hawaii at his, like, at his house in a bungalow, like, smoking weed. And doing an interview, a joint interview, no pun intended, (laughs) with Howard Stern on Howard Stern's show. And it was a great interview. Did you have some news? Something about Dolly Parton thing. About that. Man, that's been drawn out forever. Yeah. We'll talk about it. So, the only real news I have is we talked a couple weeks ago about the Dolly Parton statue. Mm -hmm. I guess she has come out now and said, you know what, wait. Well, I put it off for now, and she said, maybe when I'm gone, you know, they can do it then. Right. So, I mean, she's she donated all that money for the COVID relief and for the vaccinations, and then she said, you know what, everyone else gets it first. And now she's like, you know what, that big statue you're going to put up, but you know what? There's a backstory to that. So in Tennessee, of course, you know, being kind of in the South, Tennessee would be considered a Southern state. Yes. And uh, so what they were going to do was in the Tennessee capital, they were going to remove the statue of General Nathan Bedford Forrest. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who General Nathan Bedford Forrest was, he was like one of the original leaders of the Ku Klux Klan. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So they were going to remove this statue and put her in her place. 
Well, guess who makes a big fuss about it? The Ku Klux Klan. Right. <laughs> so then there's this big, you know, and anyway, so long story short, yes, they're still going to do this statue, but she was like, just wait, you know, just do it later, whenever. We got other more important things to do. So, but you know how Dolly is. Dolly's Dolly. She's right. going to be like, I don't want no attention. I want to get Kyle's opinion on one thing, though, though, because the show that we recorded last time, Kyle wasn't in it, was he? I wasn't here the last no, time. No, Adrian was part of that. Okay, so we talked about the Morgan Wallen stuff. Oh, okay. okay. What's your opinion on that? My opinion on that is one, okay, I do have an opinion on it because I've been in a similar situation where someone said it to me. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, so my opinion is I don't think anybody should say it period i mean i've heard the stories of it was caught by his neighbor's doorbell camera or something it doesn't matter yeah he shouldn't have said it anyway yeah it doesn't matter how drunk you are it doesn't matter what situation you're in it's, it's not okay to yeah say. and so yes we all make mistakes if he's if he's able to come back from it more power to him but i mean he definitely needs to come out and be sincere about what he did and own up to it yeah and one thing there's some news on i mean there's been news on on this stuff like almost every day and really they need to drop it and that's what this article is about it says morgan wallen backlash not just ineffective it's counterproductive right because what's happened is is his sales have skyrocketed right right because i mean they cut him off of everything and his and now he's got like the number one streaming song on the internet right and and all this you know i've also seen uh, i'll get back to the kind of my situation but i've seen where there are actual african-americans who are becoming fans of his because they're they don't see anything wrong with what what he said because he was acting the way they would i mean it was become more inclusive yeah they said he didn't actually do anything wrong yeah. So again, that's I mean, my opinion's different than theirs because I'm different than they are, I guess. Yeah. But uh with my situation, I actually worked. I was a manager at McDonald's of all places. Uh-huh. And I uh, I had a a friend there, a coworker, and he came in, he was African American and he referred to me as his. Yeah. And he meant it as a term of endearment, hey, like a buddy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't even respond because if I respond one way or the other, I'm a manager, I can lose my job. Yeah. Because definitely. all somebody else, all the customer has to do is see that I responded to it, and it's if I said it to him. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, and see, that's what I, that's what we talked about on the, that show, the, about how it's a, it's a generational thing, too. Definitely. To where, like, people, even your age, Kyle, because you're quite a bit younger than me, it's, it's generational. It's different. It's definitely different. So, and that's why I say these kids growing up today, even on both sides of it, which there really isn't sides to it, but on the either the white or the black side, it's mm-hmm. it's it's not looked at the same way no. as as other generations do. But you know, and I'm completely against censorship, but I also complete like I said in that show, I completely hate that damn word. So. I do too. I do too. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I've grown up around it. I grew. I mean. All my family's from the South, and that's just kind of part of it, especially the older generations. It's yeah, it was part of it. So I, I knew what it was, but I was never yeah, and never a fan of it. There's a, a article also on saving country music. Uh, remember how we talked about Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Yes, yes. There's an article about him about him uh, playing Charlie Pride, and you know he's actually got a love for country music. He's like showered praise upon Cody Jinks. He's talked about a lot of Red Dirt artists. 
I think he actually lives in Texas, maybe, or has a house there. I'm sure he has more than one home. Yeah, but he talks about Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childress, Chris Stapleton, Jamie Johnson. He said, Sturgill, Cody Jenks, Tyler Childress, Stapleton, Jamie Johnson are a few of my faves who would have made Jennings, Merle, Paycheck, Cash, Gosden, and the possum himself, himself very proud to keep tradition going. So I'll give him that. I like it. So anyways, and that's just some of my, my music or my news from uh, Saving Country Music, but I have my own news, and this is news. Are you pregnant? Uh, <laughs> yes, but with a beer belly. <laughs> As you're drinking one of Devin's beers. Devin, if you're listening, Jay raided the fridge, and he grabbed one of your beers. Okay, so I want y'all's opinion on this. This is, I know we haven't talked about this since maybe episode one or two. This is actually Turnpike Troubadours news. Uh-oh. Oh. And I follow, like, everybody in country music. And so Evan Felker himself has not tweeted. Not he's a, He's got a Twitter account. And he hasn't tweeted since October 16th of 2017. And that tweet said, should we worry about tomorrow when today isn't over quite yet? That was his tweet. Okay. Well, he tweeted the other day. Four years almost later, (laughs) he sends out a tweet. And his tweet said, I'm back after a hundred years of nothingness. What the fuck was I going on about in 2016 and 2017? That dude is a noob shaking my head. Grow a pair of G's, and that's it. Okay. That's kind of strange, but it's... Well, I had to look up what a noob was. (laughs) I didn't know what a noob was. Right. And it's like uh, someone who is, I don't even remember, but something like somebody that's illiterate comes to computers, like computer savvy. Basically a novice. Yeah. Like you're at the very beginning, you're brand new. And once I did that, I thought, well, maybe he's talking about the whole Miranda Lambert stuff with uh, because that came out on like TMZ and all that stuff, and he didn't address it at all. He never said anything about it. He never defended himself. But that wasn't the first thing I thought when I read the message. The first thing I thought when I read the message is, okay, maybe this is like saying I'm back, I'm clean, Mm -hmm. I want to start writing music again. Why didn't I? Why didn't I communicate earlier mm-hmm. to to my fans, to my whatever? I don't know what it means, but he well, hasn't tweeted since, and that's all he tweeted. And when was that tweet sent out? But it was somewhat recent. Yeah, it was just a few days ago. Well, and he could be talking about himself specifically because what the last couple of years were just a blur for him, probably. Right. And if he's completely sober, maybe he's like. Maybe that's a small hint that maybe he's going to be coming out with some new music. Well, the very first of that says, I'm back after a hundred years of nothingness. Yeah, and that's, to him, he probably feels like it's been a hundred years of not doing anything. And then he says, WTF was I going on about in 2016-17, period. He probably clicked on there to make a post, and that's Uh probably a double post. You know, because he may be like, hey, I'm back. And then saying, oh, on top of that, 
He's reading all his old tweets. Yeah. Because well, well, maybe. You, I mean, maybe when, that that when, could be it. Too. When you log in, you can see you know you can see your profile and what you posted last, and so maybe you know. Let me go to the the noob thing. I might I might key in a little bit, and I may. Be yeah, wrong. maybe you I know what more maybe, about what it I is. I may be wrong, but from the perspective I was in when he was going through that stuff, because I was actually pretty close to it for a little bit. Uh, is I think he was a noob to the spotlight, oh, which is yeah. what I thought was what drew him to the the problem, the drinking problem. Oh, you know what? You could very well be. And so he didn't know how to handle the attention, which I believe is what caused what what happened. And uh, I almost think that the Miranda thing was a crutch. He was kind of using her to help him deal with it because she went through similar things. She was wouldn't say an instant star, but her thing kind of happened overnight, and she was kind of using him. It was five in, days ago. In a different oh, yeah. situation. So, so I, th- I honestly think his noobness, or his referring to himself as a noob, would have been to the spotlight, because it obviously wasn't the business, yeah. but the business side of what he was doing, he'd never done before. Yeah, and if you think about it, it's mostly been everybody else talking about Evan Felker, right. about what he's been going through. He hasn't really been public about anything well the, he had one comment on it and the guy said that dude was a special talent ready to embrace ef 2.0 which right. is evan felker 2.0 i got you so so maybe like you know it could be mean a million different things but you never know maybe the, the he's, thing is the important part is the i'm back which means he's ready to do something new yeah, that that is important. Whether it be with Turnpike or or right. on his own, I mean, unless he's just saying, "Hey, I'm back on Twitter." <laughs> I mean, well, that, that too. He's ready to but talk. He's but act, he, yeah, exactly. he's never been a big Twitter or a big because I was looking back on his stuff and he never did post a lot of stuff. He would retweet stuff. I mean, it would be months between posts sometimes. So. I don't think he was talking about I'm back to Twitter or something. Like that. I yeah. think it's it, there's a deeper meaning. Well, here's the thing: that. maybe he did it to start conversations like this, right? And see how people react to him stating I'm Here, back. Here's another thought: the last time the words "I'm back" were this closely scrutinized or paid attention to was when Michael Jordan released it when he was coming back to basketball. Yeah. So it could be something of, uh, along those lines, not necessarily uh, that well, size, but Jay, just keep us up to date if there's any new stuff. Well, I I will, and like I follow all the Turnpike pages, like on Facebook and all that, and none of them have even picked that up. Right. So right. I was like. Maybe I'm the only one that actually follows his actual <laughs> that's on the, these pages because they're just fans, you know. But that, I mean, that's all I got the pictures from like his wife posted when they when they got done hunting and just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it, it seems like the their their exposure is getting thinner and thinner Definitely. between the times things are coming out. So maybe it's a good thing. Well, I think I, Evan. Like his old interviews, if you've ever watched any of them or anything, I don't. He never was a spotlight person. In fact, I think he, like Kyle was saying, I think he didn't know how to react to it. Mm-hmm. He kind of, because Turnpike was almost literally almost like an overnight success. They they, were they grew like within that. like a year period almost, maybe two years, but they went from selling you know ten tickets to a show to selling. 10,000 tickets to a show right. or more. They cut, the, they cut three albums in a very, very short time. I mean, yeah. they were moving quick. 
Yeah. And they were doing a damn good job of it. But. And they were cheering a lot. Mm-hmm. So that, I just wanted to know what y'all thought of that. I like it. That's a good good conversation. Let's go and play a Travis Shallow song. All right, so we're going to play Let It Pass. This is a song that Travis Shallow put out in June of last year. It was actually featured on another album with a collection of other artists, but this song is called Let It Pass. I watch you waiting for things to fall into place. Stare at your screen and slowly buckle under the weight Whatever happened to going down swinging Going down in a blaze I know you've had your troubles And these ain't the glory days But you know If it ain't meant to last You gotta let it pass stage and he remembers the path that it took and the lights going down and he takes one last look whatever happened to living forever rock and roll never die he knows he's had his troubles the days are slipping by but he knows If it ain't meant to last You gotta let it pass Whatever happened to going down swinging Going down in a blaze I know I've had my troubles These ain't the glory days Whatever happened to living forever I thought I'd never die And I know I've had my troubles I'm keeping those days behind But I know If it ain't meant to last Oh, I know if it ain't meant to last. But oh, I know if it ain't meant to last, you gotta let it pass. That was Travis Shallow, guys. Yeah, that was good. What we'll do, let's go ahead and throw that interview in now. Okay. And that way our listeners can know who Travis is and about his journey and everything he's gone through up to this point. This is my interview with Travis Shallow. <laughs> 
This is the Boys from Oklahoma Red Dirt Podcast. I am on the phone with American singer, songwriter, musician, and recording artist Travis Shallow. How you doing, man? Doing well, man. How you guys? We're, we're good. We're good. Let me explain what we do with this show is we do Oklahoma mainly and Texas, but your stuff came across on my news feed and I listened to it, listened to a couple of your live streams and you have the sound that we're looking for when it comes to our show. So that's why I contacted you because we, we like the vibe of your music. We like your history and, and we like what you're doing now with all the live streams. So I wanted to bring you on and have you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how things are going for you. And I guess I'll start with the first question. Where are you from originally, and where are you living now? Well, I'm, I'm based at a, at a Wilmington, North Carolina. I, uh, I was born and raised in North Carolina, but I was born in Greenville, which is about two hours north of where I'm at now, where, uh, where East Carolina is based in. I moved to Wilmington uh, in 2002, and this has been home base ever since. And, uh, you know, when I moved up here, I moved up here to, to kind of follow my brother and, and just, I was here, you know, on the beach, you know what I mean? And so, so as soon as I, as soon as I got here, I, I just kind of hit the ground running, playing any bar or dive that would have me. And it's just kind of led to where things are now. Okay. And you do live streams, I think, if I remember right, twice a week. Is this because of the love of performing, or so your fans can still see you perform, or is it a little of both, or do you have other reasons for it as well? Well, man, I'll tell you, like, last March, when when the rug finally got pulled out from, from all of us, it's like, you know, I started getting cancellations, and then, you know, a, a few cancellations even further out and the shows were going downhill. And then all of a sudden it was like everything six months out was gone. Yeah. So I, once that, once that happened, I saw the writing on the wall and I'm like, look, my initial vision of it was, okay, there's going to be no shows. I need to do something. You know what I mean? Like I need to stay connected. And it ended up being twofold. One for my mental health. You know what I mean? Like the, the first couple of weeks there, once, once all the shows were canceled, I was just basically wandering from room to room reading in different rooms you know what i mean and yeah. i'm like I, I i need i need some structure here and i think everybody needed some structure yeah so so basically what i did i said look every wednesday and saturday 6 p.m eastern time i'm gonna sit in this chair and i'm gonna play songs i'm gonna keep it loose and just we'll see who tunes in and I'm, i mean i I'm, I'm kind of active on social media but not to the degree where things have gotten to now with just like the frequency of the live streams so I didn't know who was going to tune in or what exactly that was going to look like. But sure enough, man, I just, I think the consistency of it and, um, and scheduling it, you know, like everyone twice a week, I sat down in a chair for, for my own mental health of just, you know, playing songs and seeing who would tune in. But slowly the people that were tuning in, they started to vein out and grow. And like, I think people started kind of like scheduling their weeks and their days around <laughs> yeah. the live stream. It started to be like kind of an anchor in their lives too. So, and dude, we're, we're 95 episodes in and we haven't missed one yet. And that's kind of the deal. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really cool. You know, I, I found you online. I, I subscribed to your Facebook page and, and, and then the other day, the, the live stream came across my newsfeed and I watched it and I was, I was blown away by it. I, I, you know, I checked you out before and I'd seen your music and, and I felt like that was the time to send you a message to say, Hey, you know, you're definitely the sound we want on our show. And let's get you on here. Let's let's you know introduce you to our fans and show our fans some great music that's going on right now. Well, man, it's it's an honor to be a an honorary 
North Carolina Red Dirt guy that I kind of hop on here. So, yeah, yeah man. I, when I got that message from you guys, I was like, look, I, I'm all about it. Yeah, we're from little old Oklahoma, and uh, <laughs> so Red right, Dirt right. Red Dirt scene is huge here in Oklahoma and Texas. But when we find an artist that we really like, we definitely reach out. So I'm glad you got back with me. But I noticed something when I went onto your page the other day. I noticed you did a fundraiser for another musician, and you raised a you raised a decent amount of money. Tell us about that because I was very impressed by it. When the, as the live stream audience started to kind of slowly build. And I started seeing the same names kind of coming back every week by week. And we did like some exclusive like live stream merch and I sold some shirts, you know, and just was trying to just keep a revenue stream coming in because it's a free stream. It's on Facebook Live. So it's, you know, there's no paywall there. Yeah. The audience has been super supportive, man, and just continually, continuously showing up week by week, hitting the hitting the virtual tip jars and, and buying merch from my from my store. And when the when that when the snowstorm came through Texas, man, I, I, you know, I've got a handful of, or more than a handful of musician friends and, 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 uh, and old friends that, that live down in Texas and awesome specifically. And saw this one Instagram post from a musician friend of mine that used to actually live in Wilmington. We did a few gigs together, just a great guitar player, great guy. And it was a picture uh, or a video on Instagram of, of basically a big hole in his wall and water just like gushing out of the wall in his apartment. I uh, I just thought, well, look, man, with this live stream, let me just, without him knowing about it, let me just tell the people on my live stream, 50% of all the tips and and uh, merch sales that come in, I'm gonna send half of them to a to a to a musician friend of mine in Texas. I just kept it anonymous and just I was like, whatever comes in is gonna come in. Well, man, people just people just showed up you know what i mean the, the orders came in the, they were hitting the paypal and venmo links then throughout the night even after the live stream i i woke up the next morning some more donations came through and i was able to send them i think it was about 430 bucks yeah and i actually sent it to him out of, out of the blue i instantly got a phone call back from him and he was just like what is happening right now you know <laughs> i was just like look man this is this would happen i you know like don't thank me, man. Think, you know, I'll be sure to, to tell my audience that, uh, where that money's going to. And he, he made sure to relay to me, to relay to my audience. He's going to take a portion of those proceeds and pay it forward to other musicians that are in Austin. They're in a, in a super tight spot too. So I don't know, man, you know, it's just, it, we're all, we're all trying to keep the ship afloat right now. And that's both individually and just in the music community in general. And it was just kind of one of those things where people saw that and they gave for their hearts. Man. Yeah, and you see that a lot and with musicians all over. You actually see things like that now, but people don't realize this stuff is happening when there's not COVID. This stuff is happening between musicians on a normal day basis, but now you're starting to see this all over the place because it's generosity to its best at a, at a T. So I, I thought that was really cool. I wanted you to explain that story because I, I it was inspirational, and I know that the individual really appreciated what you did for him. Yeah, man, he really did, man. And, and like, you know, it, it's 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 all circular, and it's all gonna come back around. And if I'm ever in that same tight spot, which if history repeats itself, I'm sure I will be eventually again. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you just hope that uh, you know that, that, that the same's done for you. But yeah, I know it's not gonna be the last time I do something like this. I mean, once I kind of saw, saw the outpouring, it's like okay, maybe once a month 
on these live streams. I can do something like this and, and be specific and try to target something that, that, that needs the help or, or a group that needs the help. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, I can't believe I didn't start doing this, this sooner. It, you know, the, the live stream has been, it's been a slow burn, you know, it's slowly kind of gradually, the numbers aren't crazy, but they're consistent. Yeah. And it's like these same people are coming back. And so now it's kind of going to be part of the, uh, of the model here to, to, to either choose somebody or like I said, an organization or something and try to, try to send some relief if, if, if we can. Tell me about Pearly Girl Records. I always notice you have a koozie um, during your shows, and there's it's always yeah. <laughs> Pearly Girl Records. Tell us about that. So Pearly Girl Records is uh, it's kind of like so it's my record label. It's a, it's a record label I started in uh, in 2019. It, it, it was kind of it, it's it's a record label. It's also my publishing company. It's just kind of an umbrella for all of my self relief stuff to go through. So and I've got um, it's named after my dog. You know, my, you know, which I just let out. She's being crazy. Um, so Pearly is my dog. You know, I, I needed to call it something, the LLC, something, and the record label, something. It needed, it needed a name. So I thought Pearly Girl Records kind of had a nice ring to it and kind of uh, named it that. And so, so my most recent releases, you know, go through Pearly Girl Records. And I've got a little home studio here that I've just, it's kind of turned into more than just a little home studio. I'm actually like mixing mixing a few other projects and stuff too, but as of right now, only thing that's been released through Pearly Girl is is, uh, is my solo stuff. And also, let's talk about Let It Pass. Um, it was released in on June 26th of last year. It's a great yeah. song, great song. And and during the live streams and stuff, uh, people request it. And tell us how that journey happened. Um, when I, I see you have other stuff, but with that song, that song has a different feel to it. Tell us about it. Yeah, I, uh, you know, that song initially was a throwaway. I, um, I had, I had written it, and, and a, a, another musician friend of mine, his name's Ron Etheridge, she was in, a, we were in a band together 10 years ago called A Few Good Liars, and we did a record in Oxford, Mississippi that we put out, and it feels like a whole other, another lifetime ago. But, that band broke up years ago and he lives in Mississippi still. And we kind of, he's one of those musicians that, that, uh, that all musicians need at least one of where like you, you're constantly drop boxing ideas and songs back and forth. Too. It's just another set of trusted ears that can kind of let you know, you know, if you want specific mix notes or just, you know, writing notes and, and, and feedback. He had just sent me one of his, this, I guess this was, this was towards the end of 2019 he sent me just a beautiful song and he's like, well, what, what, what are you, you know, what you've been working on? I said, well, I had just written, let it pass. I think the day before, but it, it, it like, honestly, it felt like a throwaway. I, uh, I sent it to him and he's just like, well, you, 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 you know, you got to record this. And so I, I did, I kind of, you know, he's a, like I said, a trusted set of ears and I, and I did a demo of that one and I'm glad I did because it felt, a few weeks after that, I got an email from Cavity Church Records based out of Portland, Oregon, that they were putting out a, a compilation record of artists on their label. And they asked me if I had a song or if I wanted to, to possibly be on it. And I said, well, look, I just demoed this song. He, basically, he was like, send me a few songs. I said, okay, I had that one that I just did a demo of. I sent it to him. And he emailed me back about 10 minutes later and said, don't send me anything else. That's perfect. Just record that. And that's 
So it, was, it just kind of all kind of fell into place. So it all kind of started with a trusted musician friend saying, hey, there's something here. Don't let this one uh, fall by the wayside. Yeah. It's a great song. And, and there's other songs, too, we'll talk about it here in a second. But the next question I'm going to ask is for my co-host. One of my co-hosts, his name is J.J. Vance. He's a huge American Aquarium fan. We even have some autographed vinyls that he brought back from a concert for my wife. You've opened up for some prominent names. Greg Allman, Allman Brothers, Lucas Nelson, which is the son of Willie Nelson. you got Jerry Joseph, Marcus King Band, Toss Snyder, all great bands. But how was it to share the stage with a huge red dirt name like American Aquarium? I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, it, it, the American Aquarium story is, is an interesting one. Back to... I met American Aquarium about 11 years ago, I think it is now, which is, you know, once you start throwing around years like that, it's just, it's hard to even think about because it feels like another lifetime ago. <laughs> but when, I, when A Few Good Liars, when my old band was recording that record down in Oxford, Mississippi, we were at this uh, recording studio called Tweed Recording Studio. And uh, a guy named Andrew Ratcliffe owned that studio and he was the engineer for it. We were about, I guess, six or seven days into recording that record. And we're just kind of like, as a band, we were just kind of hitting the brick wall. You know what I mean? You, but it was a center block field studio behind his house and no windows. And like, you know, the wall started to cave in on you a little bit. And so we need a break. And he gets a phone call out of the blue. And he's like, oh man, this is perfect. He was like, my buddy BJ and American Aquarium is playing down in, um, I think it was Proud Larry's in uh, downtown Oxford, Mississippi. So we took a break for that night. We went and checked out the band, and also they needed a place to crash. And I think that's what, maybe where the initial phone call came from and, uh, <laughs> to Andrew. But, um, and the, the studio we were in is a live-in studio. And then we come to find out, Andrew told us once you got off the phone that American Aquarium recorded, I think it was their first record there. No, I don't think it was Bones. Maybe it was the second record. Small Town Hymns, I think. Anyways, one, one of those early American Aquarium records they recorded at the, at the same studio. And he's like, man, the end there from North Carolina. And we're like, well, oh, great. And it's like, another one. We, ne- we had never heard of them. So we went and checked out uh, their show and like phenomenal show. And then afterwards, we're like, look, man, you guys come crash at the studio with us. And we were fast friends right away. And I, I don't know how much sleep we all got. We, yeah. we definitely <laughs> stayed up in the, li- in the live room and... and with, with that original lineup and and then we just have kept in touch and and whenever he comes through town um here in wilmington and i'm here we, we you know we try to connect and i always try to catch one of those shows so yeah man and to see him just the the, the recent just rocket yeah that, they, that they've been on you know record after record it's been uh it's been inspiring to see for sure Yes, and and that's a that's a huge thing for us because we we love the stories where individuals rub shoulders with other individuals in the music industry. So these types of stories are the ones we like, and and you know that's a great story that our listeners will definitely enjoy. Who are your musical influences from growing up until now? You know, early on, I, I don't I don't come from a musical family, and like like most most musicians with an older brother. Which I fall into, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the stuff you get turned on to early comes from them. It was Almond Brothers, you know, a lot of the stuff that was on the radio at that time too. It wasn't until later that, that I really got turned on to songwriters. And when, when I, when the switch kind of went off, it was just like, well, look, you know, if the song, if there's no gaps in the song, with just you and acoustic guitar, you can hold a crowd. 
that was, you know, once you start getting discovered to like, I think my entry into that was kind of like the James Taylors and, and that type of thing. And then I slowly later on got into, you know, the Guy Clarks and Towns Van Zandt, the Steve Earls and the Texas guys and that type of thing. But the kind of troubadours. You know, once you get bit by, bit by that bug, you're kind of, it's easy to become a lifer. And so that's kind of where, uh, where I fall. But, you know, recently I have crossed paths with some, I would say Jerry Joseph is, un, is an undeniable influence on me. If your listeners aren't familiar with him, he, he, he's based out of Portland, Oregon. Some people know him from, he's written a few songs or a handful of songs of widespread panic covers. The, the depth goes way further than just that. And I crossed paths with him in like 2006, real early on for me. He was just one of those guys that you meet and your life, not only your life as a musician, but just your life as a person is just never the same again. He really had that kind of imprint on me. And I ended up opening a couple shows for him here in North Carolina. And we kind of hit it off. And then he invited me to do some New Year's shows down in Costa Rica. And I flew down there and did those with him. And then since then, we've just kind of stayed in touch. And I've done a few tours with him out west. He did that Pacific Northwest run that, that he's kind of infamous for. But yeah, just him as a songwriter, man. Just To me, it, it's hard to get much better. Just the depth and, and lyrics and just gut punch after gut punch. And and not only that, so he can hold a crowd just with him and acoustic guitar. But then he's one of those, you know, triple threats that can also pick up an electric guitar and front a, front a full band. And it's just a fifth year kind of experience. Everyone I've talked to and shared some of your music with, they, they tell me the same thing. It's definitely folky. I can definitely, I can definitely feel that James Taylor influence in a lot of your music. You don't get a lot of folk music now like it used to be, but when you do that folk and red dirt sound together, it's it's spot on and it's amazing. So I'm I'm definitely enjoying your music, learning more about you. Let's talk about a couple of your songs. You have a large library. I've of course found you on Facebook and on Spotify. The couple songs that stand out to me are Let's Go Dancing, World Return, and Let It Pass. Those are some of my favorite songs, but I just had it on shuffle and I was doing dishes or something and I was listening to music and this song came on of yours and it gave me goosebumps. I've been in a couple bands before and it you hear a song every now and then it kind of just hits you right in the soul. And the song, my last line, let's talk about that song. Oh, interesting. Yes. Interesting. That song. I, I, I was guessing in my head what, which, what it was going to be. I always try to do that, but man, I was way off. Yeah, that um, that song, it, it's almost a message to your fans. It's almost, uh, it's definitely a message from the standpoint of a musician. Tell us how that song came about, because out of all the songs I've listened to, that one definitely reached me more than the other ones. I just started dusting that song off again and playing it on the live stream via request. Not to get too far off topic or, or, or circle back around, but like the, the, the silver lining, there, there's been plenty from this live stream that I've done. But one of them being, you know, I'm so used to, to, to having, you know, a set bank of songs that you're playing at that given time. Usually it's predominantly your new material and then some of the highlights from previous records. Yeah. But there's only so many, so much time in the night, you know, to play. And like, once I started doing these episodes, and, you know, of course you're going to have repeats after 95 episodes and a lot of them. But like, one of the, one of the songs that were getting requested was my last line. The good part about it was I got to go back and revisit these songs and 
Because I, to be honest with you, man, I had to like relearn some of these songs again. You know, it didn't yeah. take long, but like it had been so long. Your hard drive upstairs is only, you know, so big, and it was like a rotating databank. So yeah. I had to kind of had to go back and and work these up. And, and my last line, I re- I recorded that at in Oxford, Mississippi, same studio. Once the Fugitive Liars did that record ten years ago, I went back a few years later and did a solo record, that self titled solo record, and. Yeah, at that time, I was sitting it pretty hard, um, kind of with all the above. My body was in bad shape, and I, and I just wasn't doing that, that well, man. We're, we're sitting the booze hard, and that song kind of encapsulates that. And, and when I had to relearn that one, or like at least, you know, what key I had done it in, and read through some of those lyrics, man, it took me right back to where I was and when I was writing it. And, and it was kind of like... Um, I remember when I wrote it, I wanted to have an encore song, you know, that, that, a song that like, you know, you come back on, of course, to, to do an encore and like, what are, what are you going to play? That was the original idea from, you know, and the curtains are closed and here's my last line, you know? Yeah. yeah it's so, it's so twofold. It kind of takes me back to like that time in life or like being back in that studio. And, and, and I remember, you know, God, just all types of stuff from that solo record. But mostly for me, man, it's just that, that time in my life, you know, everything in, in excess. So it's like, I'm glad I have these songs to, to, to go back to. But like, that, that seems like, you know, that's an old lifestyle that, that I, left, I left behind about five and a half years ago. Yeah. So I'm glad I have songs and I'm glad I made it through it. Yeah, man, that's, that's, so, that's so funny that that was a song that resonated. I love that, man. I love being wrong. It, it's a great song and i mean it's it's one of the top songs i think that you've done and it's a great story showing you know this was me five years ago and and going on that you know to be on that song right now i i obviously have seen your progression as an artist and a songwriter from that song listening to the newer stuff do you see it as well i really do man i do i mean it's impossible to you know to talk about these songs and and, and, and kind of where I was when I was making these records without talking about, like, I, I got completely sober five and a half years ago. And so for me, that's like a, a huge, there's a, like kind of a before that and then after that. And, you know, before that was that Few Good Liars record and that, so, that self-titled solo record. And, you know, I don't want to paint it with such a dark brush, man. They weren't all terrible times by any means. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, but I just remember the output and, and the kind of the, the overall kind of demeanor of, of how I looked at the world then. And then after that solo record, I did, I got sober and then I wrote The Great Divide. I, you know, I did the whole treatment center thing and just, and, and took it real serious. It was just, it was well needed and, and overdue. And when I got out, you know, you've heard a lot of artists say this, I'm sure, is that like, you're not sure if you can still do it. And because it's kind of it's kind of a new life, and I, I sat down and I wrote the Great Divide, the single from the album that's also titled The Great Divide. Once I wrote that song, I was like, I'm going to use this song as a road post to uh, to follow and write the rest of the record around that song, which was kind of like saying goodbye to that old life and uh, like the the chorus. You know, there's a little bit of magic when you're jumping to the great unknown. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 I've tried to kind of harness that way of looking at the world. But like, there's nothing to be scared of here, man. Like, yeah, there's a lot of 
first again and having to relearn how to how you fit into this world but the common golden thread through it all for me was the songs and the music once i wrote the great divide I, you know i wrote the rest of the record around it and we went to uh to a great analog studio here in durham north carolina and uh and cut that record and put it out you can definitely tell your journey that you've had through your music and you know we've talked about your past and your present what's next for travis shallow well man right before this phone call i was i'm mixing a a live duo record right now it's interesting to go back so so once the great divide came out and we were we were playing shows under that full band lineup of travis shallow and the deep end but after doing that for for about a year i had stripped it back down to just a to just a duo with me and my guitar player um bob russell phenomenal guitar player pedal steel Dobro, he taught at the university here for 25 years, and he's kind of been my co-pilot here for about the last six years. Really coming up on seven years. And we started doing these seated listening rooms, and which were just like a breath of fresh air for me. It's like, that seems to be the cycle with me. You know, I'll do the full band shows, you got the van, you're, you know, but then you're lugging around all the heavy stuff, your ears are ringing, and all you want to do is play like intimate seated you know listening rooms tell your stories play the songs but then after a while doing that you get the itch to put a full band back together and that seems to be my cycle but um while we were doing these seated listening rooms as a duo i was recording all of those shows multi-track recording them and hoping that maybe you know we, we catch some we'd catch a good night it might be you know kind of ready made where i could do a mix and master on it and release it as, as, as a duo as a live record that's kind of what happened so right now, and we were going to put it out last year, and then, you know, with COVID and everything that had happened, it just kind of shows dried up, and I was doing the, um, I was doing the live stream, and it just kind of, kind of got put on the, on the back burner for a little bit. So this morning, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing this live duo record, and we're, we're looking to, uh, to get that released here soon. I've, I've also got a couple other singles I'm working on. And then kind of a third thing <laughs> is, I've been multi-track recording this live stream also. Yeah. So it's lo- it's looking like po- a possible two live album release for this upcoming year, which is I didn't see coming whatsoever. So the live duo record, I just want to release that, you know, just because we have it. You know what I mean? I'm not big on sitting on material or sitting on, you know, live, live stuff. Look, if it's there, let's just get it mixed and let's put it out and move on to the next thing. But the but the multi-track that uh, of me recording this live stream, you know, I've got 95 episodes of it there. But what I'm what I'm doing, and, and I don't know when this is going to air, but like uh, March 10th, I've got episode 100. Okay. So 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Eastern time, live from Shallow Chateau, episode 100. So I'm kind of putting it out to the universe. I'm hoping for for a great show. I'm kind of putting, getting a set list together for it now. Because if it's just a, if it's a, if I feel like it's a solid show front to back and the and the and the pieces fall into place, I might just release that as its own album, its yeah. own live album. So yeah. I'm sure since I just announced it now, I might have cursed it. But like, no, no, uh, if I all will. Goes well, we'll we'll definitely push it on the on the podcast because we we keep up with the artists we we interview. We definitely push any upcoming shows or gigs or performances they have. So along with this, we will definitely put that out. Where can people find your music, your merchandise, and you yourself? Tell us some spots where we can, where listeners can go. 
Uh, I, I mean, the, the hub is just TravisShallow.com. Links to everything else is from there. So as soon as you go to TravisShallow.com on the homepage, I've got links to my live stream that connects directly to that, which I do live on Facebook and Instagram Live. If you're not on either one of those platforms, congratulations. And, and there's still a way to, uh, to watch it, which is on jambase.com. So jambase.com has been great and super supportive. And they actually host my live stream on their website as well. Awesome. So when I go live, if you're not on either of those platforms, you can catch it live on jambase.com. And if you want to catch it after the fact, archive all of my live episodes on my YouTube channel, which is just under my name as well. Just search Travis Shallow or a quick Google search and most of the stuff that comes up is true. <laughs> All right. Speaking of merch, um, I love. I noticed on your merch page you have some vinyls that are available, and that's awesome yeah. because vinyl has made a huge comeback in the past couple of years. Tell us about the vinyl journey because that's something that's that's huge right now. Yeah. So when we recorded the Great Divide in 2017, we recorded at a studio called Overdub Land in Durham. Vinyl by then was already, you know really back in the mainstream again. A lot of bands were doing it. And a lot of bands were doing it as as an as an option to kind of subsidize for, you know, streaming royalties. I mean, I, I'm sure there's there a lot of different reasons, and there's a handful of reasons I personally did it too. But the, the, the people were buying them. You know what I mean? People wanted that physical copy. They were tired of just streaming. You know, the, like the convenience of streaming is great. But if you're like me, you know, I like to have the physical thing. I want to see the back. I want to see, you know what I mean? I like yeah. the, I like the currency of holding the thing. And maybe not for every listen, but, you know, you can have the physical thing, listen to it when you're um, an intentional listen, if you will. You know what I mean? That's, that's the vinyl world for me. And then for convenience, when you're out and about, you want to make a playlist, you can do the Spotify thing. Since we recorded in Durham, and it, it, it ended up being kind of an analog hybrid record, but... Most of the the live tracking was all done to two inch tape, and a few vocal overdubs uh, visually. Since most of the record was re- recorded to two inch tape, I just thought it would be kind of blasphemy to not do vinyl releases. Yeah. Along with the the, the kind of resurgence of, of people buying it, so we pressed vinyl, um, and I was I was blown away at, at how well they did. We still have a limited supply left of those. I don't know. We might end up having to do another pressing of those down the road. But yeah, we have vinyl options for the, for the Great Divide. There's also a vinyl option for Let It Pass. That vinyl record is it, called Cavi Search 2020, which is the compilation record that uh, Cavi Search Records put out last year. I believe it's got eight, maybe nine artists on it, and Let It Pass was, was part of that, but it was also released as a single as well. So they got, yeah, have those two vinyl options on the website. Okay, great. All right, this has been the Boy Smoke Red Dirt Podcast. We've been speaking with Travis Shallow. Travis, thank you so much again for sitting down with us, taking time on your schedule. We look forward to it. We're definitely going to push your show coming up in March for your 100th show. We'll definitely be tuning in. But once again, thank you again for sitting down and sharing a little bit about yourself with us. Man, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. Hope to uh, hope to, hope to do this again soon, man. Yes, we definitely will. When that li- when you get that live album out, then put together, let us know, and we'll bring you back on. Beautiful. Thanks for your time. All man. right. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. All right, bye. All right. That was Travis Shallow. That song right there was a big single for him. It was on a cumulative record of a bunch of different artists. Okay. And the thing about. The interview, you guys heard how he went through some struggles. This is my favorite song that he does. He's, so check him out on Spotify. Go to his website. 
get all the stuff. But this right here is My Last Line by Travis Shallow. That was Travis Shallow with my last line. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's good. It's a it's a great song, and it, it tells you know where he came from, and now the new songs tell where he's been and where he's at now. 
that song kind of gave me a Seven Mary Three vibe. Yeah, it, like that. His tone, his yeah. his his gruff, soft voice. He's got a, he's got a raspier you voice. You know what? That actually it is. sounded like yeah. him. He's got a raspier voice, and that's why I wanted to do this interview because he's got that country feel to it. It's got a little bit of red dirt, and it's got some '90s feel to it. But right. it, you know, and he talked about all his influences, and he's got some James Taylor vibes in there. Oh, and hey, you know that little like the opening little guitar. Yeah, jangling thing kind of felt like Great Divide stuff too. I mean, it had it all in there. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. Anyway, so that was you know great song. So definitely go check him out. Um, Travis Shallow, he's all over the place. He told you where you can find his stuff. He's got some cool vinyls. We brought that up in the interview, and I'm gonna be looking into maybe getting a couple of his vinyls. That's cool. That that should be if anybody hasn't. I've got an old record player, like an old one. And I need to get it refurbished. But if that's something that if you listeners out there haven't done it yet, you need to look into getting vinyl stuff. Get well, a record player. Vinyl is outselling because it's hard copies of anything right now. Not only is it the new thing, but it was the original good thing. Yeah. Like before, before cassette yeah. tapes and stuff. Before CDs, you I had have, these. I have yeah. so much old there, vinyl. There's nothing. Vinyl is there's, so good. There's nothing like that crackling sound, especially when you put a, a vinyl that's like from the '70s oh, yeah. or '80s. You can't the get away. The sounds you get from yeah. it, I mean, it's it's hard to compare. I mean, I've got one over here, but it's one of the new ones that has like a Bluetooth and a oh, yeah. USB port. But this one has a f- actual needle and record. Oh, yeah. oh, man, it's awesome. Well, you know, there's so many songs now. There's been a bunch of songs, but about the needle hitting the groove. And so, I mean, it's just that there's a feeling. As soon as it hits, you're just like... It's like... <sighs> Right. That was my, beautiful. That was my horrible impression of a record player. It's beautiful. Needle I mean, to vinyl. So good. I got a. I got a few shows. I mean, if if our podcast gets out before before these shows happen, I have been doing better on. Okay, okay. I'm producing three podcasts. I know. So I'm. No. Gonna, and you <laughs> and, might be producing four because I got to talk to you about something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Throw more on my plate, Jay. No, it's fine. I, I love this. I, uh, I, this and let me explain real quick while we get while we're in that. So, me and Kyle both worked in radio, mm-hmm. and there's the downside and the upside to radio. What we're doing now was always the upside yes. to me. Yes. Then you get the downside of the political oh, bullcrap, and, oh, this person deserves this, and this person doesn't deserve this. Oh, we're not going to do that. We're going to go a different avenue. But this right here, what we're doing, is the part that I loved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Working in radio and having my own show. That's a helicopter going in my house. That's how good these mics are. <laughs> so, anyways, so that's why I enjoy doing this. You know, I'm doing three podcasts. I love it. I do. I do all the editing, all the producing, and it's yeah. it, it fills that void. And been getting a bunch of our interviews. Yeah, Kyle. <laughs> I actually own two companies and busy. Like my, I work my ass off, and I said, Kyle, Jason, y'all got to get these interviews. You got to step up. Got, Jason's got, been doing his. He I gets got, his for his rock podcast. I got, I got interviews lined up. Kyle got Shiloh. I mean, hey, we got to give him hey, that. That was a good one. But <laughs> we, I, I have been working. Yeah. I have to. I have to soft sell some of these because some of them are older guys, and they're. I know they, they don't do. Mike doesn't do a lot of interviews, so the fact that I've got him considering it is a big deal. Oh yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. So and so we've. I, I'm not going to name drop any names, but we've got some pretty big possibilities of getting some great artists yeah we do. artists we do he's uh, also gone quiet the last few days yeah, so it's Mike's the, not doing a lot right yeah now. yeah I the communication you. between me and management there's correspondence back and forth so it's mainly just working on scheduling 
I wish I could name drop some of those names, but you'll just have to stay tuned. Yeah, right. I would. I would rather that be that way too. Yeah. But I the, the the smaller bands that we have like are some of the ones that I'm just now realizing that are are here in Oklahoma. I've reached out to them and they're pretty they're ready to do it. I mean, they'll even come in and do live music for us and stuff like that as long as they're not traveling very far. Yeah. Well, the best part about this is we we started this podcast during COVID. Yeah. Everyone's sitting at home. Now, right. this time next year, will we be able to get many interviews? Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, we're we're taking advantage of of being able to sit down. Yeah. I wouldn't say take advantage. That's a that's a harsh word. We're blessed to have the artists. Well, they're taking advantage of us, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They are. I mean, they actually yeah. I mean, it's, expo- they... it's exposure right. for new artists. Um, it, it helps push, you know, our show because people are going to tune in if there's a decent artist mm-hmm. or a great artist that we have on the show. So, yeah, you know, I'm all for... Uh, I'll, pick, I'll pick a band on Facebook that has a 1,000 followers. Yeah. And they're amazing. And they're instantly, you know, messaging back right away. And then you get the bands that have, you know, 100, 200, 300,000 followers and you never hear anything back. Well, that's kind of like, I mean, that's why modern technology is changing music and the music industry so much. That's why you have so many bands out there now that are self-producing, self-promoting, because they can do it so much easier. I mean, that's like, that's how I found out about like Zach Zach Bryan from Oklahoma. He's amazing. And he does all his own stuff and he's still like in the military. He's in the Navy. And yeah. he just produces, and he'll do. He drops a song like seems like once a week, and he's got a huge online following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he sells. I mean, he sells all his stuff just on uh, Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. I don't even think he tours at all. Mm-hmm. To pinpoint what we're kind of talking about about the artist calling in and interviewing, I interviewed a rock band this past week. Yesterday, actually, we got in a conversation about he's about how some of the larger artists won't respond. Yeah. And he stated that it specifically isn't the artist. Yeah. He said it's all management. Mm -hmm. He said the artist would want nothing more to sit down and have a radio interview. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're Howard Stern. Yeah. And unless you're paying to have these artists sit down with you for 30 minutes, it's hard because the band has nothing to do with it. Yeah. We can talk about management a little bit. Most, (laughs) Most jobs you get paid for your time. Management gets paid for their time. That yeah. not not management's time. If they're managing whoever they're managing, the management gets paid for their time. Yeah. So they, that's why they want you to go to Howard Stern or something because that's the way management gets paid. They get yeah. paid for you getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to only get a few no's. Right. Just flat out no. I've gotten a couple. The band is not doing interviews right now. Yeah. You know, for whatever reasons. But more ninety percent of the people I contact contact me back, and we're getting interviews. Yeah. That's, Red Dirt or on my other podcast, it, it's we're blessed. COVID has actually has a silver lining when it comes to podcast and radio shows. Yeah, it does. Anyways, back to shows. Charlie Crockett is playing Friday at Kane's. Jason Bolin is yeah Friday at Grady's. It might be. I heard it was a streaming deal. Uh, Max Stallings at Gillies, which is down in Durant. Oh, Max would be cool to see. Him. I've seen Max. I seen him at Medicine Stone. He's he's really good. His uh, wife plays. Is it his wife or his daughter? I can't remember. Plays fiddle for him. Okay. It's, it's pretty cool. It's cool. You was at that? No, you wasn't at that show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that show, dude. 
that that was the. <laughs> I shit. did that on purpose. That was. <laughs> that was. We've talked about it a lot. And we joke a lot about it, but I felt horrible. Oh, uh, one thing I, w- I want to say that I'm going. Mm-hmm. If and I know Kyle will say yes. If y'all want to go, y'all can go with me. But I've already got it all set up. I haven't got tickets yet, but I am going to the calf fry this year. Okay. okay. I'm going Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And they released Thursday and Friday. They haven't released Saturday yet. Thursday, headliners Reed, Reed South Hall. Friday's headliner is Parker mm-hmm. McCollum. And they haven't released. So that means they're trying to get a big name for Saturday. Now here's the yeah, thing. Well, Parker's freaking. Huge. I got you, but they're looking at like Aaron Watson, Cody Johnson. Like, even, yeah, you're probably right. Even probably they're right. looking for a main stream guy. If which it is, those guys are still considered. If both, it is still but. sponsored by a previous radio station I worked for, I might be able to get us some tickets for it. Oh yeah, because it was sponsored by this radio station for right. a while. Right, I got you. Uh, I got you. Not name dropping the station. Bo Phillips is playing at OKC Tap House on Saturday. Kyle, do you got anything coming up? You want to talk about the uh, the T Triple R deal? Yeah, the award show is coming up, and I want to mention that because it is an event. And as of it's going to be, it's twenty five days in counting. We're 25 days out. We're less than a month away from this thing. And they haven't canceled it yet. And I've been waiting. I've been watching because last year they got to within this much of time from it and they canceled it. And it went all virtual because of COVID. Well, at this point, it's not all virtual. So I'm going to bring it up. It is the TRRR award show. And the T3R, the only recognized and official Texas Red Dirt Music Chart and Awards. So this is a big deal. They're doing it the March 21st and 22nd, and it's a Sunday and a Monday. They're doing it Sundays and Monday. That because, way they get yeah. the artist in. Yeah. Before they've done it in the past, it was like Friday and Saturday, and that's when everybody's moving around, and that's when yeah, they, that's when, when artist gets paid. Yeah. So they they schedule it this way so the artist can actually be there, and so it's a big deal. They're changing things up. It's the 11th annual T Triple R Awards. It takes on a new uh, a new look, a new atmosphere, and a new venue. 1010 Collins Event Center in Arlington, Texas, will feature and host our event this year as we thought it was time for a change of pace and sensation. Hey. <laughs> I mean they're 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 selling this. I love it. So what they're gonna do is they're holding they're 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 holding it hosting it banquet style, which means there's gonna be food at it this time. Oh, that's cool. It'd be so, like separate tables. Right. Like big circle tables. I've been to them when they had the banquet yeah. tables, but yeah. they're actually gonna serve food at it. That's cool. And uh they hadn't done that before. So they're gonna have uh appearance or two, like special guest appearance. I know one who's gonna be there because he announced at the end of last year's that was on Facebook Live that he was going to be there and it's a huge name i haven't mentioned it yet on the show if he announced it on facebook live it's out there tell right. us okay. well it's radney foster which is okay. amazing <laughs> okay so uh we mentioned stop teasing us kyle it, it's radney foster it's a pretty big deal and it, they're hinting that there's another one coming of course a couple years ago it was uh it was randy travis and uh somebody else i mean just dean Dillon is who was there and they were giving out awards to those guys so it's going to be somebody else of that magnitude i got you there uh, they're doing, they're doing like artist of the decade awards. They're gonna honoring entertainers with the 
most number of wins in our 10-year. Well, Brie Bagwell is going to get that one because she's won like every year she's been up for an award there, which is like 10 now. But maybe not that many, but she's won every time that she's been up for one. But it's going to be a big deal. It's uh, the Sunday is kind of like the Fresh Faces thing. It's basically a meet and greet for everybody in that industry, whether it's promoters, radio people, and newer artists. They get together and they just mingle. They hang out. They get to see each other this one time a year. And uh, newer artists will get out there and sing. We've uh, mentioned Kylie Fry. I met her one year and she wasn't even part of the Fresh Faces thing. She was just there. You know, I've seen, uh, we've mentioned Holly Tucker's in the top ten right now. She was one of the Fresh Faces the last time I went. I mean, it's just one of those things where these are, this is where you get to see the cream of the crop of the new people. And what's the official date? The, the official date. The official date for the award show is Monday, March twenty second. Okay. But the the day I'm talking about is the twenty first. You go the twenty first, twenty second, and it's all supposed to be in this area. Uh, for those of you who don't know, go look up T R R M A. That's where you get that. But uh, I got. Uh, I was going to say that I was talking about. We were talking about the calf fry. I pulled up everybody. They actually just released Saturday, like a couple of hours ago. So Thursday, April 29th, the calf fry. If you don't know what the calf fry is, that's in Stillwater, Oklahoma at the Tumbleweed. This will be on the Thursday, the April 29th camping and all that mm-hmm. stuff there. It's a huge red dirt show. Probably one of the bigger ones that's the oldest ones oh, yeah. for, that's been around for a long time. But on Thursday, they have Giovanni and the Hard Guns, Cat Hasty, Colby Cooper, mm-hmm. and Reed Southall. And then the after party is Tanner Usray. He's from Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma kid. Okay. On Friday is Ryan Wilcox and the Sunday Shakes, 51 Junction, Paul Cawthon, and then Parker McCollum. Okay. And then the after party is the Charlie Hickman Band. He's another Oklahoma mm-hmm. guy. Saturday is Jeremy Stuttered, Kylie Fry, mm-hmm. Muscadine Bloodline, and the big one on Saturday is Riley Green. There you go. There you go. That's the guy. And then uh, the after party is, I can't read this, Tristan Merez, probably another Oklahoma guy. Uh, But anyways, there's, I want to play a song. I talked to this band. They are going to do an interview. They just, we got to get scheduling down for them because they have day jobs. They work during the day. But I'm going to play a little bit of this song. They're kind of a... When I first heard them, the first band I thought of was like was the Dirty River Boys. Mm-hmm. The Dirty River Boys is what I like to call punk country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, it and they they don't sound like punk country, but they play the same instruments. They're almost bluegrassy type, but they just reminded me because there's three of them. It's a lot like Dirty River, but they're from Oklahoma. They're from Oklahoma City. And the name of the band is the Bottom of the Barrel Band. And they played a lot of shows just at local bars and stuff around Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I want to play a little bit of this song called Preacher Can't Save. From the Bottom of the Barrel Band, here is Preacher Can't Save.
Yeah, the, anyways, that's a little bit of that bottom of the barrel band. Damn it, Jay. Sorry. <laughs> I got to answer this. <laughs> we can put it on speakerphone. <laughs> what do y'all think of, think of that band? What do you think of that band, Kyle? I liked it. I like it. I, uh, like I said, it's kind of bluegrassy, but I heard I heard them on, I seen it on Facebook or something. I downloaded it, and I thought, man, they're from Oklahoma City. So I, I messaged them. I messaged one of them on Facebook. And he's like, heck yeah, we'll do it. He said, we all, it'll work better out, it, better for them in the evening because they all have day jobs. So I was like, all right, we'll do a phone interview or something. And I just haven't, actually, I think I messaged them through their their website is how I did it. Okay. But, and I'm busy all the time. That's why I said, you need to get a hold of them, Jason, and set it up. Okay. I got you. Because you're going to be the one probably to do it because I won't, we can't all get our timing together. So we're good. I got it. But so, they're, he, they're really cool. But anyways, one more song before we before, before we close out the uh, podcast. So on February nineteenth, it was my brother's my little brother's birthday, and his favorite movie when he was growing up as a kid was Where the Red Fern Grows. Mm-hmm. I seen this song, and this uh, artist, this J.R. Carroll, he's from uh, Oklahoma. He's an amazing songwriter. I, I like I like. All of his music I've listened to, I like it. He reminds me kind of, uh, of at least his writing style reminds me some of like uh, B.J. Barham or somebody like that, or even even a little bit Evan Felkerish, okay, uh, because he tells stories and stuff in it. I, I like this, and I seen the name of the song is "Where the Red Fern Grows." So I downloaded the song, I sent it to my brother. And my brother said, oh, "I already got it." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so. Uh, but anyways, I'm going to reach out to him, too, and try to set this guy that I'm fixing to play a little bit of this song. I'm going to reach out to him and try to get an interview, too, because I just think he's an amazing songwriter. Uh, I'm sure when people hear this song, they'll they'll think the same thing. I love this song. But anyways, this is uh, Where the Red Fern Grows by J.R. Carroll. Well, towards the border of the case pull herself out of the dirt she sings I love this place but it ain't my home I belong where people hear my songs and sing along and I hate to leave but I've got to Cowboy, where the red fern grows. Yeah. Anyways, that's uh, where the red fern grows. And actually, he does say that in that <laughs> song. I didn't know that, but anyways, I, I just, I don't know. What do you think of that, Kyle? He's got a little bit of a Tyler Childers tone to him. I like it. Yeah. That that draw. It's always about that draw when you're an Oklahoma boy. I think. I meant that when I heard that when I when I seen that song and I I played it. I didn't expect it to go where it went. Right. Right. I was like, so he's singing about a native girl, you know, that 
that's a singer songwriter basically mm-hmm. and she loves where she's at but she don't like to play music there type mm-hmm. this is the way i took it but anyways i don't know i just like that song cool different i like it i got you and i'm gonna reach out to him and try to get an interview so and we do have another one uh we have an interview in the works another interview that will be coming in meeting us at the bar to do some live music too coming up i just haven't reached back to him i talked to him right before the ice and i told him we'll just have to wait but he's cool he's on he's like out of marlow or duncan so he's not coming from very far all right but anyways we'll 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 talk more about that in the future but anything you gotta add no i'm good kyle you got anything? i just want to go back and say it's t rrma dot net for the award show stuff. I just want to. That's also where you can go and get your tickets and stuff for it. Be sure if you can get there, do it because again, it, it'll be definitely worth your time. And again, we will be there. You get yeah. a chance to meet us and hang out with us and buy us free stuff, right? You know, <laughs> there'll be a good-looking guy me with two older guys that just look like they're my wingmen, right? Right. You know. Hey, so. well, y'all both said y'all were radio guys and producers. What am I, the talent? Hey, we <laughs> me and Kyle, pretty me and Kyle have the best faces for radio. Damn straight. That's that's the way it works. And and Jay, you're you're a close second. Or okay. Third. Was it was it on uh, Wayne's World too, where he's the howler guy? Yeah. Like that's his job. <laughs> you can be the hype man. You can like finish all of our sentences for us. Right there, you go. All right. So if y'all guys don't have anything else, this has been the Boys from Oakland Redder podcast. I'm Jason Barler. I'm JJ Vance, and I'm Kyle Perry. Keep spreading the dirt.